your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 224 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And today we've got a special crossover edition. We are talking with Sarah Avampato of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. As soon as the Rangers and Kings struck a deal during the draft, obviously the Rangers sent Leas Anderson over to Los Angeles in exchange for the number 60 overall pick in the draft this year. Uh, Sarah and I figured that a crossover episode would be appropriate. Uh, I can kind of give her a little bit of information, all the good, the bad, and the ugly on Leas Anderson, and uh, that's pretty much what we do here. We also get into free agency and the NHL draft itself just a little bit. So here you go. Once again, a crossover episode with myself and Sarah Evampato of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. Enjoy. So the Kings made probably one of their more unexpected moves at the draft by trading the number 60 pick overall to the, to the New York Rangers in exchange for Elias Anderson, the Swedish forward who's 22 years old, who has a bit of a rocky start to his professional career in North America. So uh, we're going to talk today with John Schick from Rock from Locked On Rangers, uh, all about Leas Anderson, and also get a little picture of what both of our teams have been up to recently. Uh, given that both teams are a little bit, a little bit far removed, let's say from that 2014 Cup run. So, welcome to the show. Thanks for chatting with me today. I'm glad to uh, get together to learn a little bit more about our uh, talented but somewhat troubled perhaps uh, new forward. So what can you tell me about Elias Anderson, what the Rangers thought they were getting, and uh, why he's now a Los Angeles King? So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to this. And I will say uh, the Rangers at times did not do him any favors with his development. But overall, you know, I do have to lay most of the blame at the feet of Elias Anderson. And, uh, you know, Sarah, I'm sure you've been talking to your listeners about this as well, given a little bit of a background on Elias Anderson. But you know, for anyone who might be hearing this for the first time, uh, the Rangers took him seventh overall in the 2017 NHL draft. Uh, they felt pretty good about the pick. A couple people thought that they reached, but I, I thought it was a decent pick at the time. But basically, ever since he's been drafted, it's kind of just been one thing after the next. Uh, a total lack of production whenever he's been on the Rangers. Uh, some ill feelings toward the Rangers from Leah Anderson as far as how he's been used. And uh, just to give you his career stats, he's in the last three seasons, a total of 66 games with the New York Rangers. He scored just three goals and nine assists. And there's just been some attitude problems as well. You know, he got sent down to the AHL this last season after making the opening night roster, and he had a problem with that. It comes to a point where, you know, he's leaving and going back to Sweden. He's demanding a trade. There's rumors that he was being bullied in the AHL locker room with the Wolfpack, which, you know, those things were never confirmed nor 100% denied. But it's one of those things where, you know, I, I don't want to completely write it off as a possibility, but when you look at the Rangers' culture on their NHL roster, all you ever hear about is how these guys are, you know, they're really tight, they're really good friends, they care about each other, they do a lot of things together off the ice. Now, granted, it could be a little bit different in the Wolfpack locker room, but a lot of those players on the Rangers came through the Wolfpack. And so 
really, you know, it's just been one incident after another. And then recently uh, he's been playing with the SHL. He got out to a great start with them. And as a Ranger fan and, you know, obviously the host of this podcast, I'm all excited because it's like, oh, man, finally some good news with Leah Anderson. And then the next thing you know, he's getting suspended for five games for a really bad hit. You know, he just kind of put his shoulder into somebody's head. So it's just a case where it just feels like it is always something with Leah Anderson. And I know that Jeff Gordon, the Rangers GM, had talked about wanting to get a first-round pick in exchange for him. But I just – I never really thought Gordon had a, a leg to stand on there as far as asking for a first-round pick because Leah Anderson – just hasn't done enough at the NHL that he would warrant a first-round pick in exchange. But it's funny because I said on my podcast not too long ago that if the Rangers could get a second-round pick in exchange for Leah Sanderson, I would do that in two seconds because, you know, sometimes you just got to count your losses and move on. Leah Sanderson probably needs to change the scenery. Rangers and Kings, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere, but they found a deal that they liked. And, uh, you know, Sarah, hopefully it works out for both of our teams. Yeah, for me, I feel like it was one of those sort of low risk, possibly high reward kind of moves for the Kings. At at worst, he never makes it back over to the NHL and they lost a second round draft pick, which they had three of three of in this draft. So, you know, it's not necessarily a huge loss. It would have been a lot more if it was like the asking price that you said of wanting a first rounder for that. Um, but if he does manage to produce, if he does manage to kind of get that fresh start that he needed, he can be a great depth option, I'm thinking, for the Kings. And uh, I, we, I've talked a little bit about this on Locked on Kings before, but he, I feel like, is kind of set up for success already in some ways in that one of his best friends is already in the Kings prospect pool, uh, Jacob Movarari, who's a uh, Swedish defenseman who like was the first person to tweet at Leas Anderson about the trade with a bunch of like very happy emojis and stuff. And his dad works for the Kings as a European scout. So there's already some level of familiarity with the, the organization, even if he didn't, he didn't know the trade was coming obviously, but you know, I'm sure he can ask his dad everything he wants to know about what it's <laughs> like working for the Kings and being part of that organization and can kind of get that low down. And he's already played with um, at least Adrian Kempe uh, in in uh, international play as well, so there's there's some familiarity there, and I think I, I think like two things. One, he's still just 22 years old, so I feel like we see so many guys come through with like bad attitudes or you know just not fitting in or whatever, and they eventually grow up. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. hoping. That, that some of this is just because he's still so young and was already, you know, already kind of in the spotlight in negative ways because of the incident in world juniors where he tossed his medal because he was unhappy with winning, you know, not winning the gold medal. And I feel like ever since then, it's just been, like you said, one thing after another for this kid. And yep. I'm hoping that the fresh start, you know, does something for him. I think that maybe this will, he'll, he'll know this is kind of his last shot maybe at making, making it over to the NHL, you know, at, at this point in time, unless he, you know, establishes himself as a superstar in Sweden and then someone wants to bring him back. But I think if he wants to get to the NHL, he has to take advantage of this opportunity and not, not screw it up this time. Yeah. And, you know, you make a great point there. You know, sometimes these players, they do just need to change the scenery and frankly, they just need to grow up a little bit and, like you said, you know, he's just 22 years old, so he's just getting started. He's only played a handful of games in his career. I certainly wouldn't rule it out that he could eventually become, you know, a really good player in this league. It's just that it's gotten off to uh, a, a difficult start, shall we say. 
Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Go. Built Go will help you break through your wall. It is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. And I can tell you from experience, it's a fantastic product to use before playing baseball, tennis, or even frisbee golf. Built Go comes to us all from the same people who brought us the world's fastest growing protein bar, Built Bar. It will help you break through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it every day with Go. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages, put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market, plus it's natural so it's better for the body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Yeah, and I think that the one thing, too, for the Kings that makes this more low risk is that they have so many other prospects. They have one of, if not the best prospect pool in the league, depending on which you know prospect expert you're asking. And so if he doesn't pan out, there's other guys that can take his place. And, you know, at best, if he becomes a third line winger who chips in some goals every so often, and especially being a little older, kind of keeps the seat warm for one of these, one of these other guys to get, you know, make it to the NHL, like, fine. Uh, I think the Kings are in a pretty good position of, you know, they're not, they're not going to be competing for a Stanley cup this year, next year, you know, whatever. So they have a little bit of time to experiment and see, see what they have in him and see if he can put it all together and he can kind of grow up and take those next steps to really be a professional. And I think that, um, I know the plan, Initially, and I think it's still going to be the plan, is that he's going to stay in Sweden this year. Uh, I'm sure the Kings are probably going to try to talk to him a little bit to see if he wants to come over, but I think it's fine if he stays in Sweden this year. But, you know, when he makes it here, uh, the the coach of the Ontario Reign has uh, a ton of experience working with young players. He came from the U.S. National Development Program, uh, so I think has some kind of familiarity, at least with the the attitude of, young men trying to 
make it big or who think that they're hot shots and maybe need to be brought back down to earth a little bit. And then if he makes it to the NHL, Todd McClellan is not going to take crap <laughs> from, right, from, right. from him. And if he, doesn't, <laughs> yeah. if he doesn't perform, if he has a bad attitude, like they're going to learn real quick that, you know, this isn't going to work the way that everyone wanted it to. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just one other uh, point that I'll make about Leah Sanderson, then we can get into some other stuff. But, uh, you know, to kind of paint as good of a picture as I can for any Locked on Kings listeners that are that are tuned into this today, I will say this. Um, the Rangers were not completely blameless in Leah Sanderson's development or lack of development because, like I said, he made the opening night roster uh, this past season, but the Rangers, they never used him anywhere other than the fourth line. And you know, when you're out there night after night after night and you're out there for, you know, eight or nine minutes a night and your two line mates are Michael Haley and Greg McKaig, it's not exactly setting you up for success. And it's nothing against either one of those two players. You know, they both had their roles with the Rangers last season, but they're not exactly known for their goal scoring prowess. I mean, you know, you put Connor McDavid out there, there's only so much he can do with line mates like that. So, and it's weird because usually with the Rangers, you know, throughout this whole rebuild, they've mostly been putting guys in positions to succeed. They seem to call them up from the AHL at just about the right time. But for whatever reason, with Leah Sanderson, they really kind of fumbled the ball. And, you know, he makes the opening night roster, but they didn't have a clue what to do with him. And it's like if you're just going to have him out there for eight or nine minutes a night anyway on the fourth line, then why is he even on the team? You know, might as well just let him in the AHL and just let him continue to develop. To develop. Uh, he was just 21 years old at the time, so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, the Rangers weren't completely blameless, but it just was never it just was never a good marriage between the the Rangers and Leah Sanderson. Well, thanks for the insight on his his path, his his course to becoming a Los Angeles King. I hope that uh, who you got with the number 60 pick turns into uh, something good for the Rangers. And uh, we we do have to look at the draft a little bit because we have the number one and number two draft picks, which I think is a. Uh, Pretty exciting. Again, a far cry from 2014, but we both have added some pretty exciting players uh, to our draft pool. Uh, I think everyone knows, of course, all about Alexi Lafreniere, but I'll let you brag for just a little bit <laughs> about your new star. Yeah, so I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, you get the number one overall pick and, you know, I'm watching the, la the draft lottery live and I just can't believe it when I see that reindeer logo. I mean, I'm so happy. And the other reason that I just love, I mean, obviously we're, we have the number one overall pick. That's fantastic any year. But the fact that he's a generational talent and we're hearing that this is one of the best players to be available in the draft in a very long time. But the thing that was so nice about this as a Ranger fan was it was like, just take Alexi Lafreniere. Don't get cute with this. Don't try to trade down and, you know, stockpile other draft picks. Just get your guy. And this is an offseason where the Rangers have had a lot of difficult decisions to make. You know, there's Jesper Foss was lost in free agency. He only got $2 million a year for the Canes. A lot of Ranger fans are a little bit upset about that. You know, they felt like the Rangers maybe could have brought him back. And then you've got a lot of restricted free agents. You know, Tony D'Angelo just recently resigned, as did Alex Georgiev, but it could have gone either way with both of them. You've got Ryan Strom. He's a restricted free agent. We'll see what happens there. And it's just a season where there have been a lot of difficult decisions. What made this so nice is there's nothing to think about here, man. Just take the guy that everybody agrees is the best player available in this draft and just roll with it. And that's what they did. And I'm glad they didn't try to, you know, get fancy with it and try to move that pick or anything like that. Uh, the other thing that I think is really underrated about Lafreniere is he's got all the intangibles. You know, everything you hear, this guy's a tremendous competitor. He's a leader. He wants to win. He likes playing under the big lights, all that good stuff. And 
yes, the sky is the limit for, for Alexi Lafreniere. But the other thing that I love, he's got a really nice floor as well. Like, I think in a worst-case scenario, he's going to be a really, really good player. In a best-case scenario, maybe he goes on to lift the cup a few times with the Rangers and has a Hall of Fame career. You know, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I mean, I could not be any happier. It was just unreal that they actually got that number one overall pick. But I will say, Sarah, you know, I like the guy that you guys took as well, uh, uh, Byfield going number two overall. Uh, and I know we did our mock draft a while back, and he was your pick. So, I mean, how are you feeling about Byfield? I'm really excited. Uh, like I, like like you said, he was my pick in the mock draft. He was who I had kind of stuck with all along, even when some of the Kings media and you know draft pundits and all that were saying that the Kings should be looking more at Tim Stutzla. But I think that like you just can't pass up a player like that. And I think that you know for for as much as the Rangers couldn't have messed this up, you know you had one guy to pick and you did it and done. I, I think that even if the Kings were to have gone. In, in the different direction and pick Stutzel, like they still couldn't have messed this up. Uh, the the right. two kind of consensus guys for the number two pick were both people who I think would be great additions for the team. And so unless like Rob Blake went somewhere completely off the board and picked, you know, like later in the draft when the Blue Jackets picked a guy that no one had heard of, um, you know, there was no way for him to mess this up. And so I'm really excited. I, you know, we, we obviously have no idea what's going to be happening with OHL and with juniors and really, really with anything for next season. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm loving the idea of seeing him slot in as the number two center behind Andre Kopitar and, you know, they give him his nine games or whatever to see, to see how he's doing. And I think ultimately it's probably best if he goes back to juniors, if there is a juniors, but, you know, which is a <laughs> outstanding question that I think, you know, no one knows the answer to, but, I'm really excited to see what he can bring. He seems like he's already, you know, almost a complete package as just a teenager. And uh, I think can only, can only grow up, go, can only go up from there. And I think is someone who, you know, he already has a good head on his shoulders. He is someone who in his like post draft interviews and everything talked about really recognizing the importance and the weight of being the highest drafted black player and talked about really wanting to, be a role model for other kids and to, you know, show anyone that it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, or the color of your skin that you can play hockey. And, you know, talked about getting involved in the Hockey Diversity Alliance and, you know, really getting behind what they are doing there. And I think the Kings have not been at the forefront because they certainly are not perfect or great at everything. But, you know, they hired Blake Bolden as not only the first, you know, female scout but in it for the team but also first african-american scout or first black scout i don't remember if she's canadian or not um but uh you know they they also have other other players in the system who are are kind of stepping up and doing sort of the important work to help make hockey a better a better place and i think that it's a really great landing spot for quentin byfield too because he will be supported by his team and his organization uh, you know, hopefully he doesn't need to be, you know, he, hopefully he doesn't face anything horrible, but also this is hockey. And all, all we've been learning over the past handful yeah. of months is how they don't necessarily do the best job of supporting their players of color. So um, I, I think that he, 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 he already sounds so mature as just, just a teenager. And I think that, you know, he's someone who can grow to be a great leader for, for the Kings over his career. So I'm I'm just real excited. I think that he's going to be 
a great addition to the team. And it gives them a lot of flexibility with their other prospects now because maybe they don't have to put Alex Tricot as a center. Maybe they can move guys to wing or whatever uh, because now they have deeper center depth, which is you don't get anywhere. You need a good goaltender and you need good center depth and the rest you can kind of figure it out as it goes. Now, I want to ask you about this, because with Lafreniere, I fully expect him to be out there on opening night for the Rangers this upcoming season, whenever that might be. I guess now, uh, January 1st, it sounds like is the target date. But is there any chance that we see Byfield out there on opening night for the Kings, or you you think they'll uh, they'll hold him back for a little while? You know, I would not be surprised if he makes the opening night roster and they give him that handful of games to see to see how he fits and to see if they if in the eyes of their scouts and development team or whatever that he is ready for this um or if he needs to go back but i i would not be surprised if he is still there come opening night and gets a taste of the nhl before they decide um where he should really be spending next season that makes sense now uh, how do you feel about the Kings draft uh, as a whole? I mean, I know they had a couple of uh, defensemen that they took in the second round there. Did you agree with that strategy? Do they need to kind of add to the blue line a little bit? Oh, definitely. I think that the the one hardest thing about this draft was that what the Kings really need most is kind of an elite number one defenseman in the pipeline, and they don't have one. Uh, they have a bunch of guys who are going to be good, but not necessarily guys who are going to be the backbone of your defense. And so in a way it almost would have been better, you know, if the Kings had been picking fifth, sixth or whatever, and then they had the choice of, you know, Jamie Drysdale or, or, you know, some of the uh, Sanderson in the draft, but, you know, still not going to complain about number two overall, but um, I'm excited about the two players that they picked. Uh, Helga Granz is the first one they picked in the second round. And he was someone who was actually projected to go more towards the end of the first and uh, kind of fell down into the King's lap. And he's already doing really great in his handful of games back in Sweden. Uh, The other defenseman, Brock Faber, is kind of being compared to Charlie McAvoy in some ways in terms of style. Uh, Not quite the same level of offense, but uh, they're, they're getting a good collection of guys who, like I said, may not be that elite number one player, but if if there comes a point in the Kings future where they're doing more like defense by committee of everyone is good, but not great. Um, they have a lot to work with there. And uh, a lot of the players that they have been picking all kind of have a similar profile of being players who are basically puck hounds of if they lose the puck, they are going back after it and they're going to get it back no matter what. And that is kind of how Todd McClellan coaches this team. So you can tell they're looking for a really clear profile of player, um, of that sort of skill, plus the character and leadership kind of aspects to to help sort of rebuild the King's culture in the room that we all know has kind of fallen off a little bit since uh, since the the best years of the team. So looking yeah. at looking at the Rangers, you know, obviously aside from your your number one pick, you know, what did you think about the rest of the guys that you picked? Who did you get with the number sixty pick that we gave you uh, for Leah Anderson? So that would be William Cooley. He's a uh, left winger. They take him number 60 overall. That's what we get in exchange for Leah Anderson. And, you know, overall, I like the pick. I mean, you know, I'm not a scout or anything like that, but, you know, you read all these different scouting reports. You can watch, uh, you know, highlights on YouTube and whatnot. I mean, everybody looks like a beast on their own highlight reel. We know that. But, yeah, I mean, this guy, by, by all accounts, you know, he's a sniper. He's got, he's a big guy. He's strong. Uh, apparently has just a lethal wrist shot. So, 
overall, you know, I, I like the move, and we'll see how it works out. Uh, the Rangers, they are a little crowded at left wing right now because you got Kreider, you got Panarin, you've got Lafreniere. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, Brennan Lemieux will probably be the fourth left winger if, if he's brought back to the team, if he indeed does resign. But, uh, you know, teams can look a little bit different, you know, because whoever this is, you know, the Rangers, they take Cooley here. Whoever you take at number 60 overall, they're not going to make their NHL debut right away. So, you know, if he debuts maybe next season, the season after that, we'll see how it's looking. Maybe by then he can switch positions. I mean, I don't know if he has any uh, position versatility. But, you know, if he does well in the AHL, they'll find a spot for him. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it works out there. But overall, you know, the fact that they traded Leas Anderson and got this guy, I mean, I'm willing to roll the dice with something of an unknown rather than, uh, you know, Leas Anderson, who we already know. Uh, it's been a little bit of a headache, shall we Shall we say, with the Rangers so far. Are there any other guys that you guys uh, picked up in this draft who you're kind of really excited about to see uh, kind of grow into the next uh, in, into the next stages of their career to kind of watch them as prospects as they develop? Yeah, so, I mean, this pick kind of caught me by surprise a little bit because the Rangers, you know, in addition to taking Lafreniere number one overall, they were also going to have the number 22 overall pick in the first round this year. And they end up trading up three spots to go up to number 19. And if you look at the Ranger depth chart, the weakness of the team right now, I would say, is center. You got Mika Zibanejad there. Obviously, he's fantastic. But beyond that, you know, they, they definitely lack depth at that position. And I, I was certain that they were going to take a center. Uh, Connor Zary was still available at that point, which I wasn't so sure he was going to be. So I really liked him. You know, all the scouting reports that I read about him really had my fingers crossed that he might be the guy. And, you know, if you take a center there and you're the Rangers, then you've got you know, you could have a line going forward for the next 10 years where you've got this center, whoever you take there, centering a line of Lafreniere and Kako, which could just be a ton of fun. I mean, that all those guys are, you know, still in their teens. But they end up taking a defense in Braden Schneider, which surprised me. But the more I've, you know, research I've done about him, the more, you know, you read all these scouting reports and you look at, you know, his clips on YouTube and whatnot. Uh, I like him as well. Big physical defenseman, uh, can contribute a little bit offensively, but for the most part is kind of a, a stay-at-home type. And, uh, you know, always good to fortify the blue line. From what I'm hearing, you know, he has a pretty safe floor. In a worst-case scenario, he should go on to become, you know, like a top-four defenseman on an NHL team and really dishes out a lot of big hits, which is always a ton of fun to watch as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like that pick overall. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we'll see him this year, but maybe as soon as next year. And, you know, one of the things that I've really learned, you know, just watching the Rangers over all these years under this regime of Jeff Gorton and uh, John Davidson is that if you play well enough in the NHL, you can force the issue. And they don't care that you weren't like a high draft pick if you're playing well enough, you can force your way onto the Rangers NHL roster. And we saw that last year with Ryan Lindgren. I mean, he was a fairly unheralded uh, part of a trade, the trade that sent Rick Nash to Boston a couple of seasons ago. But, uh, you know, he got a chance this season with the Rangers and basically just took the bull by the horns and stuck with the team. And now, I mean, he's, he's a top four defenseman going forward. I, I don't even think it's a situation where he has to make the team this year. You know, he, he's got a spot. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with Schneider. But overall, I do like the pick. Now, the Rangers made some other big moves, or let's say one other big move, uh, in buying out Henrik Lundqvist, which is something I think everyone had sort of seen coming, especially uh, seeing the the three-headed goalie monster kind of thing that they were trying to do at the end of the season and knowing that they have sort of the future in net with uh, Shesterkin. Um, but it is, it is the end of an era. It's the end of uh, so many years of, Henrik Lundqvist back there and now he's going to be playing for the Capitals like what's that first game going to be like whenever uh, the Rangers and Capitals face each other and there's Henrik Lundqvist staring you down from the other end of the of the ice 
it's going to be crazy. There's definitely going to be a surreal feeling to it. And, it, you know, it's just crazy to think about how it was only six years ago, Sarah, where our teams were facing each other in the Stanley Cup Finals, and it was the two best goalies in hockey standing on their heads on both sides of the rink and just making these jaw-dropping type saves. Uh, it's crazy, you know, six years later, and, you know, they both look like a shell of what they used to be. But, you know, with Henrik Lundqvist, um, it is going to be weird seeing him play for a different team, and obviously it's going to be weird when he's playing against the New York Rangers. But I've said this, you know, we kind of could see the writing on the wall as Ranger fans when Igor Sesterkin was called up and, uh, you know, did a fantastic job for the Rangers this year. Uh, the writing's kind of on the wall that the Rangers would be looking to buy out Henrik Lundqvist, and indeed that's what happens. But, you know, I all the best to him. The only thing I want Henrik Lundqvist to do at this point is to win a Stanley Cup. But even if that's in a backup role, hey, I mean, you still get your name on the Cup. It's still in the same font as everybody else who's ever won the Stanley Cup. So, I do think the Rangers, you know, they're kind of a fringe playoff team. I think they'll find a way in there. But if at any point the Rangers are eliminated, I will be the biggest bandwagon Caps fan you've ever seen in your life because the only thing that matters to me with Henrik Lundqvist now is seeing that guy win a Stanley Cup. I would love to see it. It's the only thing that's eluded him, and I think he deserves it as much as anybody. You know, he's been a class act all the way, just a phenomenal goalie for the Rangers. You know, they drafted him 20 years ago, which is just insane to think about. But, you know, I'm glad that he gets to continue his career. I'm glad he found a, a team that wanted to take him in. And I think it's a pretty good fit because, you know, Braden Holpe's on his way there. He's gone. So, you know, you bring in the veteran to back up Ilya Samsonov. And I, I think it's a nice fit. You've got the young goalie. You've got the veteran. And, you know, he's going to compete. We'll see uh, how much playing time he ends up getting. But he's not going to just go in there and be content with being the backup. You know, he's going to do everything he can to, uh, to fight his way onto the ice at some point there and, you know, find as much playing time as he possibly can. He's kind of one of the ultimate old guys without a cup that everyone looks to root for every year in the playoffs. And I feel like there's there's some weird scenario where it ends up being the Capitals against the, the Maple Leafs. And then pe- people have to look at the now Maple Leaf Joe Thornton, who is the other sort of iconic old guy without a cup yet. Uh, and just to see that kind of battle of who's going to who's going to advance. Uh, that's sort of a nightmare scenario for people who. Uh, Aren't, don't have any rooting interest, but just want one of these grizzled veterans to finally get to lift the Stanley Cup. It would be cool. And it's, you know, you could even throw Patrick Marlowe in there a little bit as well. You know, I thought he just re mm. with the Sharks. It's like, those are the three guys that are like, you know, the older guys who still need a Stanley Cup. I mean, just, just fantastic hockey players. And it'd be cool to see. I mean, uh, if you give me my pick, I'm going with Henrik Lundqvist. But it would be cool to see any one of those guys, you know, finally get to lift the Stanley Cup after all these years, for sure. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things. If I can't if I can't find an ex king to root for, I'm gonna pick the team that has the guy who I'm like, man, how has he not won it already? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's that's kind of what I was doing. You know, once the Rangers got eliminated this season, I'm just kind of looking around and like, okay, where are the former New York Rangers? And of course, you look at the Lightning. Ryan McDonough finally gets to win a Stanley Cup, so that was really mm-hmm. cool to see as well for 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 a big time Ranger fan. Well, we will wrap things up with taking a quick look at free agency. My team didn't really do anything. Uh, they did. They made one move before free agency of acquiring Olimata, which fine. Like he's a guy. He's there. The yep. Kings have the cap yep. space for him, so I'm not going to complain. Um, and then they got a couple of guys who are going to be depth players for Ontario uh, for the AHL to give a little bit of veteran experience but they didn't really do anything and i'm kind of pleased that they didn't go out and do anything crazy uh did did the rangers make any moves or are you happy with the lack of moves maybe that they made um yeah no they've been pretty quiet as well i mean it's been a little bit of an underwhelming free agency offseason but i 
I'm not upset about it because they have kind of turned their focus this season to kind of resetting their own guys. And they've been able to do that with uh, Tony D'Angelo and uh, Alex Georgiev. We'll see what happens with Ryan Strom and Brian Lemieux. They're both still uh, restricted free agents, but you know, they're, they're up against the cap a little bit and I didn't want to see the Rangers, you know, kind of reach for somebody and overextend themselves and go after, you know, like a Tory Krug or a Taylor Hall because the Rangers eventually they're going to need some money to, to pay some of their own guys, you know, because the Benajad is a, an unrestricted free agent in two seasons. I don't want to bring in somebody like Taylor Hall or, you know, there was a rumor that they could be trading for Jack Eichel. I don't want to do that and then not be able to bring back Mika Zibanejad in two years. So I'm okay with it this year. Uh, the one move that I think uh, really upset a lot of Ranger fans is uh, the Penguins. They bought out Jack Johnson because his, his play has basically just fallen off of a cliff the last couple of seasons. And then the Rangers bring him in on a one-year deal. It's an underwhelming move. I get why people are upset. I'm not thrilled about it myself. But the one thing that I've been saying in the Rangers' defense is, look, they traded Mark Stahl they got to bring in another veteran defense and kind of like a one-year stopgap. And they did that with Jack Johnson. They didn't overpay him. He's barely making a million dollars. Hopefully, you just keep your fingers crossed. You hope for the best that he can kind of rediscover his game at least a little bit. And even if he doesn't, he's gone in one year at the most. So it, it's, it's been an underwhelming offseason, but I don't think it's really been a bad offseason. And I think you know, the Kings are kind of in the same boat there. Would, would you agree with that as far as what they've done? Yeah, definitely. Like they – it's been underwhelming, but I, I didn't want to be overwhelmed because the Kings are kind of in the same space as the Rangers of they have kept like the Kings have cap space right now, but in a handful of years, all of these young players who are starting to come up are going to need new deals. And right. uh, you know, the, the only Mata contract that they took on is two seasons. And that's a pretty good stop gap between um, the, all of these other young defensemen who will eventually come up to claim full-time NHL roles, but aren't quite there yet. And, and they didn't do anything else. And that's, that's all I wanted was for them to not do anything crazy. There were uh, the same kind of rumors of, are the Kings going to look at Taylor Hall or the Kings going to try to make a trade for Jack Eichel. I'm like, don't do that. Please don't do right. that. We don't, it'd be like, are we going to get Patrick Line? Like, no, no, we're not. <laughs> That's that's the kind of move you make when you feel like you're one piece away from like really becoming yeah. a big time Stanley Cup contender. And you know, yeah. I don't think the Kings are there yet. As much as I like the Ranger rebuild and what they've done, I don't think they're there yet where they should be giving, you know, like the Sabres, mm-hmm. they give Taylor Hall a one year eight million dollar contract, which kinda has everybody uh scratching their heads a little bit. I'm I'm glad the Rangers, you know, they held firm and continue to build with the draft, continue to just uh make savvy free agency moves. And when you feel like you're one piece away, that's when you go after one of the big time free agents. Yeah, definitely. So I'm glad that at least our front offices are both listening to us, let's say, and uh, going down the right (laughs) path to make things all work for the future, uh, which is, I think, the the best we can hope for is that in a couple years, both of our teams are potentially looking at battling it out in the playoffs again, maybe. All right. Once again, a big thanks to everyone for tuning in today and a big thanks to Sarah for doing this crossover special. Hopefully things work out for Leah Anderson a little bit better in Los Angeles than they did with the New York Rangers. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.